Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Time to wake up. <laughs> it's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7. The game. Come on! Oh, yes. This is the pregame show. Welcome in, everybody, on this beautiful chilly cold almost december one more day this wednesday morning welcome in if you're just getting off of work for just getting on to work getting ready for school got up early because you found out your heater was busted and you're wondering why you were freezing at three in the morning that was me this morning so that's always nice good morning to sam lubman producer extraordinaire getting the zoom ready for the morning roast, they're up in an hour with Bonte and Shasky. They got a lot to react to from that game. Warriors, they fall to the Mavericks last night in Dallas, 116-113. to 113. We'll get into a lot of that game. A lot of turnovers late. Maybe a questionable call here or there on both sides. It's definitely a ref show for most of that game. Going to hear from Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, Draymond, Jonathan Kuminga, who had his best game as a pro. So some positives and negatives to take from that game, and we'll break it all down here on 95.7 The Game. But first, you know what we're starting with. Des making a big run. It's been for him. Des is stuck in behind. Des in the middle. Pulisic! Scores! Might have paid the price! The USA, bravo, U.S. men's national team taking the 1-0 win over Iran, tense late, they get the job done, survive in advance, that is what they did, England wins the group, USA places second, they will take on the Netherlands this Saturday, 7 a.m. Pacific time, I am pumped, I will be up to up and early, well, I'm up early anyways because I have a two-month-old and a three-year-old, but I digress. I'll be up to watch that. Can't wait. Don't be scared of the Netherlands, by the way. If you're just an occasional soccer fan, you watch every four years, this isn't a powerhouse Netherlands team. You think of that 2010 run with Arjen Robben, Wesley Schneider, the one that played in the World Cup final against Spain. It's they don't have those players. They still have some good players. Frankie Dijon, or DeYoung, however you want to pronounce it. Virgil van Dijk, van Dijk. They're good players. Virgil getting a little older. But I like the U.S.'s chances. It's going to be low scoring. Take the under in that one. Take the under. But that was the big story yesterday. That was the big story. USA, they did what they needed to do. They advanced. Got tight there late. Doesn't matter. What matters is, you got the dub. And I'd be remiss if I didn't play the greatest voice of our generation, Andres Cantor of Telemundo. Otra vez Tyler. Para Huerto McKinney, se mete Serginio. Vino para Serginio Des. El toque medio posición. Go! 
you beautiful, beautiful man. That was Andres Cantor, Telemundo Deportes, and uh, the call previously on Fox Sports by John Strong. USA, they get the job done. They defeat Iran 1-0 to advance to the knockout round where they will take on the Netherlands this Saturday, 7 a.m. Pacific time. Can't wait for that. Needed to get that in. I believe that we will win, and they did. Proud of those guys. It's all, it's all gravy at this point, by the way. And we'll get to the Warriors in just a sec. Don't worry. I have a lot to say about that game as the Warriors fall to the Mavericks 116-113. to 113. But just had to say so many great things. Christian Pulisic, he's been the guy everyone's talking about ever since the U.S. didn't qualify four years ago. You remember their loss against Trinidad and Tobago. Tears coming down his face. It was just an embarrassment. Four years later, he gets his moment, pays the price, has a pelvic contusion, should be ready for Saturday against Netherlands. He had to leave the second half. Brendan Aronson came on for him, but hell of an effort. So proud of that team, making the U.S. proud. And, hey, once you get to the knockout stage, anything can happen. It's like March Madness. Survive in advance. Let's see if they can do that. All right, shifting to what happened last night in Texas. And that can mean so many things. But we'll stick with the Mavericks Warriors. Clay Thompson had a great shot. He had a great chance and opportunity there to send that into overtime. It was a great play call by Steve Kerr at the end. Came up just short. And here is how the final play sounded on 95.7 The Game with the great Tim Roy. The scissor around Curry. They find Thompson left side. He's open. He shots up. No good at the horn. The ball game is over. What a beautifully designed play. A great look for Clay Thompson. Scissored off Curry. They threw it over the top, and he was wide open. My goodness. My goodness indeed, Tim Roy. Warriors, they fall 116 to 113. Luka Doncic, just a hell of a performance. You tip your hat whenever you play that guy. He's unreal. 39 minutes he played, 41 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds. He messed around and had a triple-double. Tim Hardaway, 22 points. And they just made big shots at the end. And the Warriors are battling back throughout. It was big shot after big shot. But the turnovers finally caught up to him. You think of when Dallas had the lead, 111 to 110. Curry does this. Curry off a screen. Waits, dribbles on Doncic. The defense collapsed. Curry lost the ball. It's out of bounds off his knee. Turnover. The Warriors have turned over three times in the final few minutes here. That's the story of the fourth quarter for him. And Luka Doncic has been involved in all three. Luka. I think it was Tim Kawakami who made a great point yesterday on Twitter. Luca, yes, he is like LeBron with the distribution and putting the load on his back. He reminds me of those LeBron-led Cavaliers team early in his career. But he was anticipating that Warriors offense greatly, a lot like LeBron does, whether it's going after the steal, just knowing where the ball is going to be distributed to. He was good. And Luka Doncic, he's not known for his defense. We'll say that. A lot of jokes about him, his shape, getting winded, maybe being lackadaisical on the defensive side. He showed up yesterday when it mattered most as the Mavericks get the win. But this is the play. This is the play that a lot of people were talking about last night. We'll hear from Stephen Curry, his thoughts on the traveling turnover that basically did the Warriors in. Curry's got the ball, 13 seconds, here we go. Curry splitting traffic, steps out, leans back, he traveled, turnover. Oh my. He had plenty of time, 10.1 to go in the game. He had a layup, he would have gone all the way to the basket. They were down by two, but he he was looking for a three. And that's a great point by the great Jim Barnett there on 95.7 The Game, Tim Roy. And listen, twos are okay. I was saying it in the chat yesterday. Sometimes it's okay to get the two. 
And Steph is so good at this point in his career, driving to the basket. Hell, even doing a pull-up jump shot. It's almost automatic for that guy. And threes are too, almost. Like, he's that good. We get it. Greatest three-point shooter of all time. That's his shot. That's his thing. But sometimes, hero ball, you catch an L. And there was a lot of times yesterday where the Warriors were going for that kill shot. With a couple minutes left, they kept missing. Mavs got to hang around. They took the lead right back. And they ultimately get the win. And here's what Stephen Curry, the future Hall of Famer, had to say on that traveling call. A bang-bang situation. Uh, dumb play by me to not take the layup. I got a little confused on what the time and the score was, honestly. Went for the hero shot. I didn't think it was a travel to the point where you don't let the play run out. But who am I to say? You could just hear the smile on his face when he said that. Who am I to say? You know? You can just hear it there. Steph, as always, gracious. He's not going to get show up the refs or anything post-game like that. Also, he knows he doesn't want to get fined. I think it was the right call. I saw a lot of people debating back and forth. I was listening to Bonte on the post-game on NBC Sports Bay Area, Darrell Wright, Chris Mullen, and Festus Azili. Mully was like, I don't think so. He didn't move the pivot foot. Darrell was like, ah, it's a travel. So... It was a 50-50 call, it seems like. Warriors didn't get the benefit of it. And it was just one of those games where there was just foul after foul after foul. Turnover is just on both sides. It was really sloppy. And maybe that had to do with the referees in that game. It was just very sloppy. But it was fun. That was a very fun basketball game. The Mavericks, they were coming in hobbling into that. They desperately needed a win. The Warriors were streaking. They had won four in a row. That streak is now snapped. They'll try to get back in action. Uh, who is it? Against the Bulls on Friday, I believe, at Chase Center? Yes, thumbs up from Sam Lubman. Thank you. So they'll be taking on the fighting Alex Caruso's Friday at the Chase Center. Can't wait for that one so they can get back on track. Now, the story of that game. Yeah, the loss. It hurt. It stung. Luca. he does what he does. Steph... He had the turnovers, but he still had a huge game overall at 32 points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. The story was Jonathan Kaminga in what was his probably best game as a pro. And if you're a Warriors fan, that's what you need to see. You need to see this two-timeline thing start coming to fruition. And that's the future of the team and this squad and Jonathan Kaminga. 14 points, 10 rebounds, 1 assist. He was key. Throughout most of that game, just wide open dunks, being at the right place at the right time. Defensively, he's always strong. And Steve Kerr, head coach, thought that was his best game he's ever seen him play. Best game I've ever seen JK play because everything he did contributed towards making an impact on winning. His defense on Luca was was fantastic. He was disciplined. He stayed down. He challenged shots. He, I think he had a couple blocks. He stayed patient offensively. He just took the, the shots that were there. He knocked down a big three. JK has been fantastic. He's really coming into his own, and that's very exciting. Coming into his own. Great way to say it, Steve. He's just, he's still so young, right? He's raw. That's when he came into this league. He's 20 years old. And the growth that you've seen from him these last few weeks has been impressive. It's been impressive. And if you could continue to see that growth with these coupled with these veterans starting to shake off the rust. Now, Clay Thompson, he didn't have the best game yesterday, right? Five points isn't going to get it done. Seven rebounds, two assists. Jordan Poole. I know he was in the plus column, but nine points, you get paid to score, Jordan. Need to have more from you. Need double figures at least every single night. I like the assist production there, but I need to see more on the offensive point production. But Jonathan Kaminga, he was the story. The second story, if you will, after the travel call. And he was asked after the game if that was his best game as a career in his career in the NBA. It's a matter of time. You know, everything has a certain amount of time. Sometimes it takes longer. And I'm not saying I'm there yet, but it's just a matter of time. And being around these guys helping me out every single day. 
yes, I guess that was the answer. So just a matter of time before it all starts clicking. And it was clicking up until this loss for the Warriors. They're going to try to start a new streak this Friday at Chase Center against the Chicago Bulls. Obviously, all the coverage there will be here on 95.7 The Game. And all the coverage last night was right here on 95.7 The Game. Tim Roy, Jim Barnett, they're the best. Draymond Green, he had a good game. He was very good. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. You're the stat Bonte threw out yesterday on the morning rows with Joe Shasky. Just if he scores 10 points, they are just almost always automatic in winning. So I was a little disappointed when they catch the L when Draymond does so well on the offensive point production. But you know what? Sometimes when you get stinkers from Clay and Jordan Poole, that's going to happen. That's absolutely going to happen. Kevon Looney, by the way, he loves to play Dallas. You remember him in the Western Conference Finals last year? He was just so key. Hell, Throughout the playoffs, Kevon Looney was just sweet last year. So underrated. He was so clutch in so many ways on the boards, scoring in the paint. He did a little drive running layup yesterday. He went a little to his right and shot with his left. Did you see that? Kevon Looney getting it done. Very impressed there with Kevon as the Warriors fall 116 to 113 in Dallas. And I'd be remiss to tell you that you can get involved in this conversation at 888-957-9570. That's 888-957-9570, Xfinity Mobile Text Line. What were some of the good things you saw last night? Some of the bad? Were you disappointed with the loss, even though Kaminga played well? Lamb played well? DiVincenzo played well? The bench just played well overall. And I think that was a positive outcome to this game where... You saw this bench throughout early in the season. They couldn't hold the lead. It was bad. You had Steph playing almost entire games. Like, it was bad. They were not good. They're 11-11 right now, trying to right the ship. And we'll see if they can do that. But the bench starting to shoot that way, playing good defense, it's a good step. And Steve Kerr talked about it last night. We're pretty good defensively. Dante's doing a fantastic job bringing energy and pressuring the ball, running a lot of stuff through Draymond. Draymond's anchoring our defense. You got J.K. and Lamb both playing really well. Wiggs comes in with that group often. He didn't play as much with that group tonight because Lamb and J.K. were both playing so well. And, you know, Jordan is such a big threat to scores. They found a good groove, and I think we're only going to get better from here. They found a good groove. Shout out Stella getting her groove back. The Warriors may have just done that with their bench. And Draymond Green, he talked about how this kind of performance could build confidence with the second unit. You know, their confidence is back. You know, with the second group, the confidence was kind of waning a little bit, and they're getting their confidence, but the confidence is back. And so it's good. You know, you can look at the plus minuses tonight. Uh, the entire second unit is pretty much positive. Entire first unit negative. You know, and two weeks ago, we couldn't say that. Like, we couldn't get near that two weeks ago. And so it's uplifting to see, you know, these guys starting to figure it out and coming along because ultimately it's going to help us continue to win games in this season. But more importantly, it allows guys to get the proper rest you know so you're not expending more than what you need to expend in game 22 so it's beautiful to see absolutely and and to Draymond's point that's what the Warriors veterans need from him it's this offensive output it's the smart defense it's being able to sustain leads to hell even take the lead right that's what was so good about the strength and numbers of the Warriors in the past is that you had guys coming off the bench the leadership roles, the veterans coming up. They would hit big shots, and sometimes they would be a nice change of pace if Steph and Clay were having an off night, right? That's what you're going to need to see moving forward if they want to win another championship. Is this bench continuing to get more and more confident? The young guys stepping up, the defense stepping up, and I think we saw that last night. And yeah, it sucks to lose a game like that. It's not fun, but... When Luka Doncic does what he does, and the Warriors, you know, shoot the way they did from three-point land, that's going to happen. And that's what happened last night as the Dallas Mavericks defeated the Golden State Warriors 116-113 to as they move ahead, coming home to Chase Center 
leaving Texas, and they're going going back back to Cali. Cali Bulls in town on Friday. The 49ers, they have a big matchup this Sunday at Levi's against the Miami Dolphins, right? All the storylines are there. Mike McDaniel, former offensive coordinator for the 49ers, he's coming into town. They have one of the most explosive offenses in the league, led by Tua Tungavailoa, former Alabama quarterback. Did Tua win a Heisman? Did Tua win a Heisman? Let me see. No, he lost the Heisman, right? He did. That was Kyler Murray winning it over him. So, he's still an Alabama quarterback, and all the pressure was bestowed on him early. You remember when he came in against Georgia, the championship game? He was the guy. He had the walk-off touchdown. I believe it was to Devontae Smith, I want to say. And all those... You can name any Bama wide receiver, and they're in the league right now. Judy, it could have been Judy, Ruggs, anyone. Well, Ruggs not in the league anymore, but you get what I'm saying. So, he's had expectations bestowed upon him early, early, early. He was supposed to be the guy. And we thought, after last season, and how bad he had looked at times, getting benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick, Atua was done. He was done. Did they make a mistake not drafting Justin Herbert? Right? Because look how good Herbert's been. But Mike McDaniel came in and he said, you know what? I believe in Tua. I believe we can build a team that suits his skill sets. I'm going to get speed. We are going to be built for yak. And we are going to be opportunistic on defense. And that's exactly what they have been. Jalen Waddell. Tyreek Hill, speed, elite catchers of the football, just flat out rolling teams. And you saw it last week. The Houston Texans had no chance. Uh, granted, the Houston Texans don't have a chance any week. But you just see what they do week in and week out. Remember that crazy comeback earlier in the year against the Miami, uh, check that, against the Baltimore Ravens in Miami? Like, they are just a very, very good team. And we're going to learn a lot about them in the coming weeks, the Miami Dolphins. And it's going to start this week against the 49ers. Are they for real? Because if you come into Levi's and you win this game, that's huge. That is an NFC championship team that you just went in. That's your former head coach that you used to work for. The guy that helped you get into the business. Hell, you worked with his dad in Denver. This is a huge game for Mike McDaniel. And it's a huge game for Kyle Shanahan. You don't want to lose to your disciple, right? Your pupil. The guy that you taught everything to. One of your best friends. You don't want to lose to that guy. So there's some pride in this one. And that's what makes it so fun. The quarterback matchup. Jimmy Garoppolo, Tua. Very similar, right? They don't have the biggest arms. They're accurate. They're very smart. Two are more athletic, I'd say. Jimmy, please don't scramble up the middle anymore. But I think they're viewed very similarly, similarly nationally. Just, hey, they could be game managers. And yes, occasionally they could lead a game-winning drive for you. Now, Tua, if you just look at the stats, right? If you just look at his stats this season... He's in the MVP conversation. 2,500 yards, 19 touchdowns, 3 interceptions, completing nearly 70%, almost 70% of his passes. That's unreal. And Mike McDaniel has a lot to do about that. Right? Putting his quarterback in a position to succeed. So we're going to learn a lot about this Miami Dolphins team this week. They get the Chargers. They just flex that one to Sunday Night Football the week after. And then they got... The Buffalo Bills. And that's a huge divisional game. Hell, that could be for the division. So they got a very tough schedule to end here if you're Miami. Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers at home. Patriots, another divisional one. Jets at home. A lot of tough games. And if they end up 4-2, and two, hell, even 3-3, three and three, they'll be getting into the playoffs. 
they'd take that, and I'd like their chances. Absolutely, I'd like their chances. 888-957-9570. Xfinity Mobile Text Line from the 574. Tua was also recovering from that awful hip injury from the last couple of years. I feel like this is the first year he's actually felt healthy. It's a good point. And the same point can be made for, for Jimmy this year, coming off a very injured shoulder that clearly hobbled him in the NFC. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Championship game. So now that they're both healthy, and Jimmy obviously has got a sore knee from last week, but he should be ready to go. He should be fine, and hopefully they can keep him upright in this game. But it's a good point. From the Xfinity Mobile text line. Health is often overlooked with some of these quarterbacks. And the key to being an MVP most seasons or being in the MVP conversation is just health. Now, you have to have good players around you and a good head coach. It is a team award. As much as we want to say it's that individual player and how good he did. It's a team around you. It's narrative-based. It absolutely is. And for Tua... The narrative going into the season was that he was a fraud. He's a bust. He just looked like he wasn't... You just compared him to his counterpart who was drafted in Justin Herbert in that same draft out of Oregon. He just looked physically like Herbert had the size. He had the big arm. He was fast. He was quick. He had everything. Then you show Tua, looked skittish in the pocket... To 574's point on the Xfinity mobile text line, he looked hurt still. And just didn't look good. His confidence was gone, and he's spoken to that this season. So what Mike McDaniel has done for that team and that organization, it's been huge. And don't forget, this is an organization in the offseason dealing with a lot of drama. The Brian Flores situation, him suing the league, the owner being accused of racial, uh, racist motives, you know, trying to move on from Brian Flores so he could bring in Sean Payton, all that sort of stuff. And Mike McDaniel has come in there and quelled the storm, if you will, the hurricane that was in Miami. Not to be confused with the Miami Hurricanes, who stink. Sorry, Sam. But I'm excited for this game. And let me know if you are too at 888 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, Xfinity Mobile Text Line. What are some of the matchups you are looking forward to in that game? We still need to get into Raheem Mostert, his thoughts, former Niner, Jeff Wilson Jr., obviously former Niner, was on the team earlier this season. A lot of storylines, a lot of layers that we can get into. But coming up next, contenders and pretenders. They are coming back. We're going to look around the NFL look at the division leaders, and we're going to decide which one of them are true Super Bowl contenders and which one of them are pretenders. And that's coming up next. This is the pregame show. I am Joe Spadoni, 95.7 The Game. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. This is the pregame show. I'm Joe Spadoni. Getting ready for some contenders and pretenders where we look around the NFL and look at the division leaders and decide whether they are Super Bowl contenders or pretenders. So that's coming up in just a second. Warriors, they fall to the Dallas Mavericks, 116 to 113 in Dallas. Luka Doncic. Leading all scorers was 41 points. Stephen Curry with 32. And a couple of costly turnovers at the end there. That did the Warriors in. 
888-957-9570. If you would like to get involved, that's 888-957-9570. Xfinity Mobile Text Line. And 408. Spadoni! Tua gets way more national respect than Jimmy. Even some locals feel that way. Can't wait to add a signature win this Sunday for the Niners. From Bumpy Johnson. What's up, Bumpy? Uh, yes. I feel like, though, it's taken way longer for Tua to get the national respect. And I still think there is a good amount of people, me included, that are still a little skeptical about how good he really can be moving forward. Don't get me wrong. Mike McDaniel is putting him in a great position to succeed. And he is utilizing his skill sets very well. Jimmy Garoppolo has been around a while. And we know who Jimmy is at this point. We do. We know who Jimmy is. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He is a top 15 to 16 quarterback who at times can play like he's the number 10 quarterback. That's who he is. But to your point, Bumpy, this would be a huge win and a signature win for Kyle Shanahan this season against his protege and Mike McDaniel. With all of that said, oh, give me the primetime music. It's time for a little contenders and pretenders here on 95.7 The Game. And as always, we start in the AFC, and it's the team that everyone is looking to beat. It's the team week in and week out that continues to do what they need to do. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're 9-2. and two. They're running away with the AFC West, and I don't think anyone is going to be stopping them anytime soon. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they're fantasy studs week in and week out. It's a timely defense. They even have Sean McVay running into his own people. They're hurting the head coach over there in Kansas City. It's all bad for the Rams. All good for the Kansas City Chiefs, though. They are legit Super Bowl contenders. They are the number one contender in all of the National Football League. Kansas City Chiefs, they are contenders. Next up is those Miami Dolphins we were just talking about. They're currently leading the AFC East. And listen, if they win this game against the San Francisco 49ers, I believe they can win the division. Now, I know they still have the same record and one more head-to-head matchup with the Buffalo Bills. But this would be a massive, massive win. I think it'd be a bigger win for the Dolphins over the Niners than it would be for the Niners over the Dolphins, if that makes sense. I think that for Mike McDaniel, being with Kyle Shanahan and his staff for so long, this means a lot to him. It means a hell of a lot to him. Kyle Shanahan, he's been to a Super Bowl, right? He's been to an NFC Championship last year. He knows the deal. Yeah, you'll lose some in the regular season, but he makes his bones in the playoffs. So Miami Dolphins, they're pretenders still. I'm still see I've got to wait and see. After this week, if they win, you may see them on the contender list coming in next season. But for now, Miami Dolphins are still Super Bowl pretenders. Next up is the Tennessee Titans, who took an L at home against the Cincinnati Bengals in Tennessee this week. And listen. That was a game where they were home dogs. I was in on them. Yeah, Derrick Henry fumbling at the goal line, potentially costing me a playoff spot in a fantasy league. It was tough. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati. It's not like they're world beaters, but they're finding a way to get it done without Jamar Chase. And it was a tough loss for the Tennessee Titans. You know my stance here. Ryan Tannehill. I just, I'm not seeing it from him. I'm not. And if you're asking him to be a world beater come playoff time, it's not going to happen. They do play hard. They play tough defense. They're very good on offense with Derrick Henry at times. But I don't think that style of football is going to win you the whole thing. So the Tennessee Titans, they are Super Bowl pretenders. And to round out the AFC, the leaders of the AFC North, the Baltimore Ravens at 7-4. and four. And listen, is this a team that I believe has the potential to win a Super Bowl? Yes. Have they had a lot of heartbreaking losses that make me question whether they have the moxie to do it at times? Yes. But John Harbaugh is a Super Bowl winning coach. He has been proven in the playoffs. But now it comes down to Lamar. 
I need to see it from him. He's been a league MVP. I know what he can do on his best day, and it's impressive. I think they are Super Bowl contenders. I do. But I'm waning on them. I'm waning. They're in a division right now where they got to be careful because Cincinnati can come take it. Cincinnati, they were in the Super Bowl last year. I know what they can do. So right now, it's a hesitant yes as a Super Bowl contender for the Baltimore Ravens. And that rounds out the AFC, and we move to the NFC. The cream of the crop still on top for the Philadelphia Eagles. They took care of business at home against the Green Bay Packers. 10-1. and What more do you need to say? They're going to win the AFC West. AFC, check that, the NFC East, which is now the NFC Beast. And... They have a chance to clinch just a playoff spot, I think, this week. If they just win, they clinch a playoff spot, which is wild. Not as wild as this next team I'm about to talk about. The Yes, the Eagles, they are absolute Super Bowl contenders. They are the top dog until proven otherwise in the NFC. Now, to the NFC North leading, Minnesota Vikings. The, you like that, you like that. Kirk Cousins, who got the dub on Thanksgiving night. It was a back-and-forth battle. Just squeaking by again. God, they're just at plus five. Plus five in net points are the Minnesota Vikings. So that just, I I don't believe in them. I'm sorry. It's Kirk Cousins still. It's Kirk Cousins. Primetime Kirk, there's the joke, all that stuff. I just, if you close your eyes, ladies and gentlemen, can you see Kirk Cousins holding a Lombardi trophy? No, you absolutely cannot. I'm sorry. They're nine and two. All, I all respect to head coach Kevin O'Connell. That's a hell of a job he's doing there, and he may be the coach of the year. Him or Sirianni, pick your like. It could be anyone. It's an, again a narrative based award. Who hasn't won it yet, and who has the best team, kind of thing. It'll probably be Sirianni, but O'Connell's doing a hell of a job. Minnesota Vikings. They have a chance if they win, and the Lions lose this week. Excuse me. They clinch the division. We got five weeks left in the season. But no. Minnesota Vikings, they're pretenders. Moving on to our team here in the Bay. NFC West leading San Francisco 49ers at 7-4. They took care of business handling the Andy Dalton and Dennis Allen-led New Orleans Saints 13-0. Yeah, we're going nil in honor of that U.S. men's national team win over Iran. And yeah, they're Super Bowl contenders. They were in the NFC Championship last year, just a couple of removes from a Super Bowl appearance. And listen, I know we're concerned about the offense at times and the injuries, but I truly believe if they can just get healthy and make it into the playoffs, just reasonably healthy, I should say. No major injuries. I like their chances against almost any other team in that conference. And moving on here, rounding it out, as we wrap up contenders and pretenders here on the pregame show, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 5-6. and six. Yeah, they're leading the NFC South at 5-6. and six. They're the only division-leading team with a negative point differential at minus 3. They fall to the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland in overtime. And listen, I know it's very easy to look past this team and be like, is Tom Brady's done. That team, it's done. And if you listen to that head coach Todd Bull's postgame saying he was scared with a couple timeouts left at the end of the game with like 20 seconds that they might turn over the ball. You have Tom Brady, dude. Like, come on. You cannot be scared as a head coach when you have the greatest quarterback of all time at the helm. Give him all the power he needs. Let him do his thing. And more often than not, he will lead you to the promised land. Tom Brady is the Messiah of football. He is. Shout out baby Jesus, December 25th. You all know it. Like, come on. Todd Bulls. Maybe it's that guy I can't take seriously and picture winning a Lombardi trophy. Maybe the loss of Bruce Arians is going to prove too costly. I don't know. That defense is still good. I will say that. And again, I've been harping on it. If you have a good defense and you have Tom Brady, and you have Mike Evans, you have a shot to win a Super Bowl trophy. You do. Doesn't look good now, 
but I'm keeping them in the Super Bowl contender category. So that'll do it for this edition of Contenders and Pretenders. We have three in the NFC that I deem worthy of Super Bowl contenders. Eagles, Niners, Bucks of the division leaders, and of the division leaders in the AFC, I like the Chiefs and the Ravens. Sorry, Titans. Sorry, Dolphins. Sorry, Vikings. We'll see. We're going to take a quick break here and come on back. we got one more segment here for you before tossing over to Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky, who will join me on the other side to break down that Warriors loss, look ahead to the Miami Dolphins, and yes, discuss the glorious 1-0 victory for the U.S. men's national team over Iran. Huge dub. They advance to the knockout stage where they will take on the Netherlands. 7 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday. Can't wait for that. One more segment coming up here. This is the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Welcome back. This is the pregame show. Little Green Day. Shout out Oakland, California. Billy Joe Armstrong. Got one more segment here for you before tossing it over to Bonte Hill and this guy, Joe the Butcher Boy Shasky, who joins me now. Uh, Joe, the Warriors fell last night to the Dallas Mavericks, one sixteen to one thirteen. But there was a lot of positives in that game. I know for the grand scheme of things, it's a loss is a loss. If you want to be like that, that's fine. I know there's people are like they're like, hey, look at Clay, five points, Jordan or Jordan Poole, nine points. Like, come on, we can't be having those turnovers. But in the grand scheme of things, Luka Doncic, he is who he is. He had one of the greatest performances. He always like it feels like one of the greatest performances he's had against the Warriors. And listen, tip your cap. Uh, there were some turnovers late. Credit to Doncic, too, who was opportunistic on the defensive end late. And they took the L. It was a good, the bad, the ugly type of a game. Uh, and I'll start with the good. Jonathan Kaminga, if he plays like that, I mean, jo- Spadoni, that is all we've been asking for. Rebound, defend. He comes in five minutes to go in the first quarter and is going full court length on Luka Doncic and does a pretty novel job on him. Gets some great rebounds, some amazing little dunks in that dunker spot. I, I thought it was a revolutionary step forward for him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just uh, maybe a. I know that the Minnesota game, he had a really nice game as well. But like in terms of all the little glue things you expect a young player to hopefully learn how to do, dude, he was just phenomenal. Setting screens, loved what I saw from him. He And he always brings it on the defensive end. You know that he's going to be physical with the other players. And yeah, he's still young, so he'll have mistakes here and there. But you just want to see him gaining more and more confidence. Yeah. And maybe confidence isn't the right word because he always <laughs> seems confident every single game. He has the opposite like aura around him than I think a James Wiseman does when he's out on the court. Agreed. He does like he just feels like he I know I belong here and I'm gonna prove it night in and night out. Now it might take some time because he was so raw coming into exactly. the league, right? But you're starting to see that come to fruition. And credit to Steve Kerr and the Warriors veterans for helping him out here. They slow played him, uh, yes. clearly. And I think they were giving Wiseman the first burn um, of the young guys. We'll see if Moody ends up getting an opportunity or not. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on there. But JK, trending good in the right direction. The bad. I mean, look, they're not going to shoot through, what is it, 3 of 20, 3 of 18, yeah. uh, Poole, Clay, and Wiggins from 3? Like, how many in and outs? Was it? Was I the only one in the first half listening to the rim? It sounded like the rim was an outdoor rim on both ends. Was that just me? No, no, it's true. Well, and they were going for that kill shot late in the game with like five minutes, yes. and they kept clanking and clanking. I was like, for the, a Texan attack, for the love of God, can we get a two here hey, and there? Go like, to the rim. just go to the rim. I You're know. getting there anytime you want, and just get the two. Sometimes, I Shasky, I know this is crazy for this generation. A two is okay. Well, even the Steph Curry, you know, where he wants to step back and hit yes. three, I thought he should have gone to the rim And he for said it after the game, yes. Yeah, and, 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 which I didn't even know he said that. I yeah. went straight to bed afterwards. Yes. But, again, they're not going to shoot that poorly from three, all three of those guys. I, no. I kind of have a new theory going right now. Like, Steph's going to do Steph things. Can two of the three, Poole, Wiggins, Clay, have decent nights? If they have decent to good nights, it feels like they can win most nights. And so that was the bad. Like, they're going to get better. And then the ugly. He's a, and I want to make sure this is very clear. He's a very skilled player 
I enjoy the things he can do on the court. But my God, Luka Doncic plays the game in a way that wants me to punch him in the face when I watch him. No, no, Joe, it's ridiculous. He's foul hunting at every single turn. He gets uh, little, like, touch fouls. He leans in. His entire game is predicated on whistles. Now, can he step back and hit a three? Of course. Can he post guys up and hit a fadeaway? Yes. Does he have unbelievable handle? Yes. Girth. Ability to do a lot of different things. He's a bull hog foul hunting flopper, and it drives me nuts. Both can be true. His yeah. style of play is so unfun to watch, and he's incredibly skilled. It just it's it, it, it drives me nuts. Am I alone in that? Um, he has some Harden in him, which I think is off putting. Right? Like yes. I know that a lot of people don't like watching James Harden play. I get that. Um, he's obviously very skilled. Like no one's debating that. No one's debating it. I think he has a lot more offer to offer than Harden on like passing. He is an elite passer, which is fun to watch. So like when he's facilitating and doing that aspect, which is why I think he gets compared to LeBron a lot because he has that facilitating aspect. He's like a big point guard at times, yeah. right? Um I don't think he passes enough personally. He doesn't, but he can't that's that's the thing. He's yes. an elite passer when he does. Yes. But I think that Mavericks team, the way it's constructed Shasky, they need him to do that. And I don't no, know if he no. wants to do it. That's a, that's another conversation. No, I think he does. I think he, he might he, he might want to because he gets the points and he yes, gets the adulation. I think he clearly loves it. And but he loves arguing with referees all game. It's not sustainable is the bottom no. line. Like that is no. not sustainable. Well, like they could have easily lost that game and probably should have if not for I mean he made some clutch shots like give him his credit, but my God, the Warriors just went cold in the last five minutes of from the three-point line. Yeah, no doubt. And I love the way that they threw different bodies on him. The clay was on him early. Wiggins had opportunities. J.K., like I was yes. referencing earlier. Like, they did a really good job mixing it up for a regular season game. Because I think in the playoffs, it's going to be different. You're going to have a little more hyper-focused uh, attention. Uh, I thought J.P. had a decent game, at least in terms of setting people up. I know the three-point shot's not there. I'd like to see him find that. It does feel like he's deferring a little to Clay need Thompson. Him, need him to score. That's yeah, what you need him to do. I, I would like him to be a little more aggressive, but shots are going to fall on that end. I thought, like, and I'm not trying to be Mr. Like, moral victory guy, but like, a, a great loss? I mean, is that even a thing? I, I just loved what I saw from Kaminga. To me, that's the big takeaway from last night's game. Like, the, the great players, you know, Wiggins and Steph Curry, they're going to continue to have good nights. And, and I thought last night wasn't the greatest night of efficiency for Wiggins at all. I mean, I don't think he scored in the first half. But, like, Jordan Poole's going to get going. Clay's going to hit more shots. There's no doubt about it. But if J.K. can bring that energy, he doesn't even have to score like that. Just do the little things, the rebounding, the defense where he doesn't leave his feet on Luka. They've got something there. Absolutely, absolutely. And to your point, like you look at the bench, just DiVincenzo, very efficient, right? I he like got, DiVincenzo. I like DiVincenzo, too. Played he was their leading better. rebounder for most yeah. of the game until Jonathan well, Kaminga came in. The other thing lost in the sauce, and, and I think people are going to be frustrated with Clay's shooting performance, I thought Clay rebounded really well. And he also set up a couple of passes in the first half. I think he had two assists in the first half. I don't know. I just... It's not the end of the world. They didn't shoot well, but I just liked a lot of little things that are transferable to like this little run that they've got at home coming up. Yes, and you said it earlier, like this is a good loss maybe. I was like, you're allowed to have these good losses when you actually were stacking wins previously. Exactly. Like if they were still struggling and not winning, it's like I don't I don't want to hear anything about a good loss if even if the bench played well, right? Like exactly. I didn't want to hear anything about that. They're five hundred now, they're fine, they're right in the thick of it. No one's going to be running away with this conference like the Celtics are in the East. Like I don't see anyone in the West doing that. Maybe the Suns, eh, even them, I don't really know. So I think the Warriors are fine where they are at. And yes, it was a teachable moment, but the bench overall, the outlook is so much more positive. They can just be more and more consistent because that just takes such a load off the veterans, man. I know. Like You I know. just need to help these guys out. They're old. Steph, Clay, and Dre, they got a lot of wear and tear on the tires. They need some help. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And, um, you know, it felt like Steph got a little into the one on one with Luke at the end. Luca at the end, excuse me. Um, again, not the end of the world. I love that out of uh, that side inbound play off the timeout. Oh, beautiful. To, to get Clay Thompson a look you there. You can't because, get a better look than that. I mean, that was just absolutely gorgeous in terms of spacing, running people in opposite directions, utilizing Steph Curry as a screener. And that's a beautiful look that you're going to take nine times out of ten. Back to Luca for a second. I mean, Honestly, no, Spadoni. It, uh, it, there are certain players in the league. Kyle Lowry, for example. Kyle Lowry's nowhere near as skilled as Luka Doncic. So I get why Lowry plays the form of basketball that he plays. Luka, shut up. 
Stop talking. Like I'm, I'm watching the replay right now. It's on my, on my iPad. He's constantly arguing to officials, grabbing his hand, like hands up. Oh, are you kidding me? He, it just. I want someone to grab him, stare him in the face, like, dude, you are too good to be hyper focused on foul hunting all game. It really, it really bugs me, man. It ruins the you, flow of the game. You know it takes what, away from his greatness. You know what, though, Shasky? He grew up in an era where this is what they saw. Right, he grew up watching James Harden, LeBron, all the floppers of this exactly. era. He's also European, who have been known to be the kings of the floppers, if you will. There's but, a lot of flopping in this game. Yes, there is, and you know, like I have a hard time getting angry at the guy because it works, right? Like it mm-hmm. works. But if you're just a consumer, which in this case we are, we're watching the game. We just yes. want to watch a good product. It wasn't fun to watch. Like it's no. just not. But when he does things like at the end of the game, when he gets the steals and he gets the fun threes or he shoots it, that's fun. Just yes. don't do all the complaining and all that sort of stuff. Well, but all the stars do it, and it's just gonna—it's not going to go away. That's the thing. I, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even have the numbers. I'm sure Bonte is going to come strolling in with a cue card of numbers. It felt like there was a stoppage every five seconds in the first half. It was a total ref show. The entire game. And, and, yes. and like a million travels. And look, I'm, I'm here for the travels because I feel like a lot of guys do travel. Like, whatever. I thought the jump stop at the end, he was going to miss the shot anyway, but whatever. I thought it was a jump stop at the end. I can understand why they called it travel. Whatever. Not the end of the world. To me, we're all losing our minds for no reason. The Warriors didn't play well enough down the stretch to win that game. But it doesn't take away from a brilliant second quarter for them fighting back. Like, the, the beginning of that game, I thought they were going to get blown out. Absolutely, absolutely. Can so. We- Go get into USA soccer before you get out of here. Uh, real quick, yeah, thirty seconds or less. What do you got? That final fifteen minutes was as dramatic as any sporting. Lasted I've an seen. hour, I felt like, bro. And I kept saying <laughs> it's going to go one hundred and twelve minutes. It's going to go one hundred and twelve minutes. It, the greatest thing that soccer's ever done is this: how many extra minutes are they? When are they going to blow the whistle? The not knowing on injury time. It really does create unbelievable drama, doesn't it? It does. And on that note, Shasky, I'm going to leave us with the Andres Cantor call on Telemundo oh, of the Christian, the Christian Pulisic goal. This is going to ha- this is going to lead us out. Bonte Hill, Joe Shasky, they're next. The morning roast. They'll break down the Warriors' loss to the Dallas Mavericks and much, much more. But first and last, here's Andres Cantor of Telemundo. Tyler. Para Weston McKinney, se mete Serginio. Vino para Serginio Des. El toque en medio, posición. Gol. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.